the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here in John chapter 14, Jesus says that he is going home, but he is going to prepare a place, and we're going to go there as well. Now that is real encouragement in light of our circumstances today. You're one of the 12 disciples. You're meeting in secret because everybody wants a pound of your flesh, including your leader, the Lord Jesus. Not much different today. We still have our own struggles and our own challenges and our own confusions that are going on in our culture around us, right? So where's the comfort in it all? I'm glad you asked. We've got an amazing answer as we take a look again at John 14, verses 1 through 3. We are going to the Father's house. Now let's unpack that, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil, today's broadcast of Truth For Today. I was taking classes in Denver, working on a master's program, and one of my profs was a pilot. He flew me up over the Rocky Mountains. We were right there by the Continental Divide because we were in Denver. He flew me up, and he started showing me, look at the water line. Started showing me the water line of the Rocky Mountains that at that point where we were was seven to eight thousand feet. He said, We still get seashells out of those mountains. Local flood, eight, nine thousand feet deep. No. Then we come to the Tower of Babel, chapter 11. We will build a way to heaven without God. We are in charge. We have come together. I told you to fill the earth, populate the earth. You said, no, we will come together and we will build a ziggurat to the heavens. God comes down. He said, when I get through with you, you will be scattered. Your languages will be confused. All your pigmentation is going to change. You were all one color up to the Tower of Babel. I'm going to change color. I'm going to change ease in facial features. I'm going to make you be adapted to different surroundings. I'm going to scatter you, confuse you, and fill the earth so that we have over 3,000 tribes, even to today, have never heard the name of Jesus in their tongue. Man is a wanderer. He's a rolling stone. He's in exile. That's why he, he's restless. It's why you can't get him to settle down. It's why he's looking for some relief. And I read the writings of Paul Turner, a Swiss psychiatrist and uh, believer. And uh, he wrote a book called A Place for You. And he studied children that were rent out of their home environment and were torn away from the home, maybe through divorce, maybe uh, in war, the parents were killed. Dad died. Mom, uh, what's going on in Syria? What goes on all over the world where there's fighting? 
And all of a sudden, we get all these homeless children in Africa with the AIDS virus. Many children left by themselves, growing up by themselves. And Turner, as he dealt with them, uh, he said there was something in these children that uh, they would say, I'm trying to find a place where I can be without being hurt. He tells the story of counseling a, a young man in conflict, left his parents over conflict. And uh, as he was counseling the young man, one day he said to him, basically, I'm always looking for a place for somewhere to be, for somewhere to belong. My daughter and Sean wanted to adopt. So they went to the foster care system. Sometimes these children have been in five different homes. Sometimes in the homes of pedophiles. Sometimes in the homes of people that they are simply rental property because the state of California will pay you a check every month just to feed them and clothe them. They don't guarantee you won't hurt them. And you're supposed to come out normal. You're supposed to come out like everything's okay. Like you're really loved and welcome. No, you're not. You represent $500 a month. And if you cross us enough, we'll give you back to the state. How would you like to be that kind of property? And Jesus is telling these men, the Father's got a house where you'll be welcome in. And there won't be any wondering in heaven. There won't be any evictions. I'm going to take you to a home. We lost our home in Eden. And we've been rolling stones ever since. It's only when you come to Christ, you find home again. And he settles down in your heart and guarantees you, you've got a home forever. Dwight L. Moody tells the story of a very wealthy man that uh, uh, he was dying. And he had a four-year-old little girl. And she went to mama and was inquiring about dad, who was on his deathbed. Uh, what's wrong with daddy? What's wrong with daddy? And mom did not want to uh, bring her untold grief. She simply kept telling the child, daddy is going away. Daddy is going away. The little girl went to the side of her father and these are the words she said. Papa, have you got a home in the land to where you're going? Do you have a home beyond this world? Or will it be hell, which is eternal exile from the living God? Eternal exile. Eternal away from the God you rejected for your sin. For Jesus to tell us, I've got a home for you. He's saying, I'm going to give you back everything you lost in Eden plus more. I'm going to give you more than you lost. I've got a place called the Father's house that I'm going to take you. So men, stop being troubled. I've got a home we used to sing, I have a home beyond the river. I have a home somewhere beyond the sky.
I grew up with people that sang a lot about heaven. And when you live in Harbor Gate and pay $30 a month rent, and you got seven of you living in about a 600 square foot house, poor Okies and poor white trash sing a lot about heaven. Because they had no heaven here. And they weren't figuring out the 401k. They were trying to figure out what they eat that week. Anybody ever been there? I'm worried about my 401k. Oh, throw up. You ought to be saying I've only got a day between me and starvation. And then I came to Jesus. And I don't know if I'll eat tomorrow. But I've got a home beyond the river. I've got a home. I've got a home. I've got a home. Now he says something that is marvelous. For I go to prepare a place for you. The reason I'm going, the reason I'm leaving you, is I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now let me tell you how I always understood this verse. And I'll ask how many of you have been on board with me. I always figured he is going back to heaven. And if he's going to prepare it, he's going to fix it up. And I read James Boyce, who gave a beautiful illustration that when you hear you're going to have a baby girl, uh, if you're going to have a baby boy, well, come on, you've got to decorate the room pink or blue. Or uh, if your mother uh, is going to move in with you uh, and you're fixing up a place where they're going to be, you want to move their room as far away from the kids as you can. <laughs> Paint the room black, whatever. You know, you'll want to make them feel at home. You know, you're, you're adapting to who's going to be living there. And so, Boyce gives this beautiful illustration of he's going to decorate. And I've always liked that idea, and I thought that's what it probably meant. That's why you don't want to study. When you study, you have to change your views. And some of you would rather die than change your view, right? Because you've always been right. Well, D.A. Carson gives us beautiful insight. This is what he says. These words presuppose that the place exists before Jesus gets there. Listen. Did, did the dwelling places already exist? Or does he have to get there and make them? I can't hear you. They're already existent? How many agree? How many of you are afraid to say? In my Father's house are many dwelling places, right? They're already there. Well, what in the world are you going to prepare? Watch. It is not that he arrives on the scene and then begins to prepare the place. Rather, in the context of John's theology, it is the going itself. By way of the cross and resurrection that prepares the place for Jesus' disciples. And if he takes such trouble as to go to the cross and die for his own, isn't it inconceivable that he would not bring them into the place? The preparation for the place 
He had to go to the cross to purchase you a right to the place. The real estate's already there, but you were never going to occupy it until he goes to the cross. He had to go to the cross to rent your room for eternity. That's what prepared the place. The real estate was there. The rooms were there, but you weren't going to be there. But he went to the cross and he purchased a people that will live and live in those dwelling places for all eternity. And the rent was paid at the cross forever. That is the way he prepared the place. Not, it was already there. Correct your theology and agree with me. I feel so good. Fourthly, I will be coming back for you. Uh, I'm not just going away. I plan to come back. And I will come back for you. And uh, I will come back and I will welcome you. I love this. I will come again and ESV and NIV say take you. But it's too, uh, it doesn't capture. The word receive you is better. And this word receive you was used of a man receiving his bride. Uh, let me ask you women how you feel this way. I took a bride. Or I received a bride. I welcomed a bride. Do the dishes. I mean, no, I welcomed the bride. It's a word of warmth. It's a, a word of welcome. A word of embracing. And so Christ is saying... I'm coming again, and when I'm coming again, I'm not sending Gabriel or Michael to get you. I'm going to receive you to myself because you're my bride. I'm coming for you like an oriental man went to get his bride and take the bride back to the father's house. It's going to be a tender reunion when we see Jesus. I'm not afraid of Jesus coming. I'm longing for it. I used to be afraid of it. I'm no longer afraid. How many of you anticipated? I'm, I'm looking forward to him coming. Some of you said, well, it messed up our vacation. <laughs> I never forget Karen Fernandez. I was getting ready to marry them out at their ranch. And, and she was there. She'd been waiting. And so uh, the week before, I said, Karen, are you all excited? Are you ready? And she said, I've just been praying Jesus won't come for another week. <laughs> I tell you, when she got married, she started praying that he'd come anytime. <laughs> anytime, Jesus, rescue me. And I just remember, hold off, Jesus, hold off. I want to marry Steve. And then they became post-tribulational because she's now in the trip. She knows it. Uh, I will be coming back to welcome you. Somebody send her that tape. She'll love it. He's coming again. We will be with Christ forever. What a beautiful thing. That's the final thing he says. Where I am, you're going to be. I, I've got to go by way of the cross. I'm leaving you to prepare the place. It will take my life. I'll have to be in a grave for three days. I'll have to ascend. And I'm going to leave you in the world 2,000 years. Wow. They had no idea. No idea. Will he still have a church if he delays another thousand years? Yeah. 
I think so. We thought the church was totally lost in 313 AD when Constantine declared the Roman Empire Christian. The worst thing he ever did to Christianity. Because everybody's now a Christian. It's kind of Americanism. A Christian country. It's the worst thing we could ever say. It's a pagan country in need of God. We're just free to preach Christ. Thank God. Thank God for those liberties. But quit calling us a Christian country. We're a bunch of sinners that need Christ. That's why we've got to become missionaries and quit going on about all of our nationalism and all of the flag. That's wonderful. One, But we haven't done. That's not the reason we're still here. We're here to evangelize people, to bring them to Christ, and to help get them to heaven. That's why I pray you'll be praying for our Vacation Bible School. You folks, we pay for this. We buy the equipment. They recruit 150 adults so far. These people teach. They give. Uh, they, they're wonderful. They take care of these. But we're not doing it to be a social outlet. We're trying to plant a seed that maybe God once in a while saves an eight-year-old. Once in a while, he saves a seven-year-old. Once in a while, he saves somebody before 13. Anybody here saved before 13? Look at you. So, if your heart's troubled today, I can only give you the remedy of Jesus. Five things. Trust me. Two, know this world is not your home. And there's plenty of sorrow here. But I'm taking you to the Father's house. Three, I'll prepare the place, even if it costs me my life. I'll prepare a place. Because I'm going to populate heaven with sinners. Is that not amazing? The only people that can go to heaven are sinners. And I'm fearful of who my neighbor might be. But he will save. And he will change. And then you will be with me forever. I'm coming again. And the question comes up. They're listening. And they speak up. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas says, no, I don't. I'm scared. And so next week we're going to look at how you can know how to get to the Father's house. Do you know how to get there? Some of you here today aren't going to the Father's house. At this present time, you're going as a wandering rolling stone to the exile of hell. That's what hell is. C.S. Lewis once said, God made hell because he would not make anybody go to heaven. If you don't want Jesus, you don't want to be in place where he's the light of the city and he's the attraction. See, there's some folks say, oh yeah, I want to go to heaven. Do you love Jesus? I don't want Jesus, I want heaven. You don't get heaven without Jesus. If you'll accept Jesus, God will throw heaven in free. There's an old song that Fanny Crosby used to sing. The blind songwriter, this is the way the words go. And some of you gray heads ought to be able to hum it when I read the words. I say gray heads with respect, by the way. I'm ancient myself. Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more as now shall sing. But oh, the joy when I shall awake, 
within the palace of the king. Someday my earthly home will fall. I cannot tell how soon twill be. But this I know, my all in all has now a place in heaven for me. And here's the chorus. You got to know it. And I shall see him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. And I shall see him face. Now, those are great words for Fanny Crosby. He was blind all of her life. And I shall see him face to face. My first glimpse of vision will be when I see him. And I will sing, saved by grace. You see, Jesus will be what makes it heaven to me. I don't want angels. I don't want diamonds. I don't want streets of gold. Keep it all. I want to be the one who prepared the way and has five wounds in his body to say, that's how I prepared the place for you. That's who I want to be with, Jesus. If heaven has no Jesus, cancel my reservation. Wherever he's going to be, that's where I'm going. He said, I can be with him forever. (laughs) Would you like to go to heaven? Receive Jesus. And as broke as you can be, as many troubles as you may have in this life, it's unending just to know you've got heaven. I never forget an interview of a black gentleman in Mississippi that was a uh, sharecropper. His people, he'd been on this land since his parents, going back to Uh, nearly the Civil War. He was an old man at the interview, sitting on an old chair on a shanty down in Mississippi. And one of the major newsers, I don't know why they were even doing the article, they were, I think, checking the blight of the black population there. And here he is, never owned any land, had worked the property like his parents had. Oh, there was no shower in that house. There was no heat. There was just a poor African-American on a porch in the middle of a cotton field. And they're interviewing him. How are you surviving? How have you made it? And at the end of the interview, he simply said, I've never owned any property here. I've just worked these fields with my daddy and mama and my people for generations. But he said, I want to tell you, Mr. Newsman, I'm rich in God. For I've got a home beyond the river. I know where I'm going. I'm rich in God. And I looked at that man. His net worth would be 300 bucks. But you can die a rich man and go to hell forever. Or be a poor Lazarus who said, I've taken Jesus as my Savior. And nobody gave me enough money to get me out of poverty. But I know where I'll be for eternity. And in eternity, I'll be comforted in the bosom of Abraham. Well, I want to tell you, I'm going to get a better bosom than Abraham's. I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to be with him forever. That's where we're going. That's why the greatest thing on the earth today is churches 
that preach Christ and try to reach poor lost sinners and say, end your exile, come home, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. You'll find a home for eternity. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.